0: Hi, I'm El Todd Wood. At CD Media, we decided never to have a paywall on any of our sites. I hate those. But we have to make money so we do have advertisements. But some people don't like ads. So what can you do? You can sign up for our no-ad subscription. It's a few bucks a month. You go to the top of any of our sites and sign up for the subscription. And you get access to all of our websites, all of the news from around the world. This includes our Eastern European, Israeli, Balkan sites. It includes armedforces.press. It includes all the U.S. papers that we've opened, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, the Manhattan Dot press and the, those that are yet to come in the pipeline, which will be opening soon. So you get all this access to fantastic news from around the world with no ads, no display ads, no pop-up ads. I think you'll love it. Please check us out. It helps support CD media, independent media, and basically confronting the propaganda that's being put out by the corporate media. Thank you. Now let's get to our guest.
1: So, today on American Conversations, we have Lauren Davis, who is running for the Dallas County Judgeship in uh, Texas. So, welcome to the show, Lauren.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, well, thank you. you know, I really was very intrigued when I heard your story because you are a mama bear who's decided to get involved in politics. And it starts with your personal story. Tell us about your family and, and why you decided to get into this race, because you've, you have three children um, and your one of your major platforms is medical freedom, medical autonomy. Tell us what happens to your family, to your children.
2: Yes. Yes. So I have three children. They were in pub, uh, They were in public school. We've since pulled them. Um, but this time last year, um, the Dallas County Judge, the current one, Clay Jenkins, defied our governor, Governor Abbott's GA thirty eight, which said you can no longer mandate masks um, in schools or in government buildings. And so Clay Jenkins defied that, and so it put us in the crosshairs for the second time. With government. And this time we just decided not to comply. The first time was our shutting down of our business in the first days of COVID. We have a barbershop business. And we had the police show up to our to our establishment and say, close your doors, or we're taking your business license. So we complied, we're law-abiding, just everyday citizens, and and agreed to do that. And so then you fast forward two years to so this time last year. And it just feel like things had changed. I had woken up to uh, what felt like was really going on here, which felt more like control than keeping us safe. So um, considering that I'm a mother of children with health, severe and extensive health issues, my middle son, Pierce, has had three open heart surgeries. He's had a congenital heart defect. And that caused five hours, or, I mean, sorry, at five days old, 12 hours of heart surgery. This oh is no, God. this is no little issue. I mean, no open heart surgery is, but I mean, this is extensive so he has to have heart surgeries throughout his life and then my daughter um had a muscular issue as a baby she's had three eye surgeries and muscle biopsies and she had many years of her life where she refused to look in a mirror took two years of therapy to get over so all things considered when we came up through this school year and i just said simply no like, no, I know my children best. I don't believe that a mask is gonna keep them safe. I think it's gonna harm them Um, to be running around in PE with a mask on with a repaired heart. It just logically does not make sense. And so that put us in the crosshairs in a way I could have never imagined. Um, My kids showed up on the first day, the only two out of 604 kids without a mask. And the school just tried to crush us into compliance. It. Two huge points, because we could be here all day just telling you this story, but two huge points. They took my 11-year-old daughter, who was in fifth grade, and coned her off in PE class. They stuck her behind cones. She had to watch all of her friends play. When you say when
1: you say cones, explain that, Lauren.
2: Like gym cones. Like they would set out to play a four-corners game or what have you. They just lined them up, said in this arbitrary line, and said, Caroline, you sit on this side by yourself, and all you other children – who are masked, you can run around and play in front of her. She had kids go up to her and harass her. And there was no teacher intervention. And when that didn't work, um, the school removed both my son and my daughter, who's eighth grade and fifth grade at the time, isolated them in the library, withheld their education, no PE, no art, no music, no access to the cafeteria where all the other kids were unmasked at the time to eat. And then when that didn't work, they literally built a plexiglass cage around them in the library, floor to ceiling, in order to keep all the other kids safe. So they genuinely, if you picture, and I I do have pictures I could send you, they built a small area in the library and closed it just so all the other kids who were accessing the library could still continue to and feel safe. So my kids weren't going
1: to- How did that affect your children emotionally and psychologically? Uh,
2: It was horrific. I will say today we have processed it, which I think that's the primary role of a parent is not to put your children in a bubble and protect them. It's to help them process the world around them. Mm -hmm. And we did that the best I would say we've ever done in our life next to my son's open heart surgery. We walked them through it. Um, it was extremely difficult to see my kids lose their friends as a family. We lost all of our friends in that community. I mean, they just turned Mm -hmm. on us. It was, it was, it's some of the worst days of our life to date. Um, But I showed my children that you don't scream out. You don't yell at people. You don't hate them back. You just stand for your rights and your position. And then if you don't like the way the world's going, then go be part of the change. And, you know, and that's what I did. But my kids suffered, our family suffered. We eventually had to pull both of them out because we had teachers conspiring to get my son sent to alternative school. We pulled public info requests. I went down to the school board meetings and I got no help. And turns out one of the board trustees, Dustin Marshall here in Dallas, been on the board for a long time, instructed the superintendent to have the IT department block all emails from the Davis family. And they did it.
1: They blocked well, your emails for you to, to to speak to the school on behalf of your children because- To speak to
2: the school board because I couldn't get any help from the administration at our individual school. And so I went up to the school board and um, they didn't want to hear it. And we so found well, out- So the
1: school the school intimidated your children. Yeah. The school gaslighted your- communications with the school board because you were going up to they were in public schools you're going up to the school board who is supposed to be overseeing the school correct how are your children today
2: oh my gosh they are doing so wonderful I mean we have processed this as a family Um, they've become deeper in their faith we've got them into Christian private schools which I feel really lucky and blessed that we have the means to make it work. It's not easy. It's definitely a strain, Mm -hmm. but there's enough there to make it work. I really, um, have a heart for no people who don't have a, have a option to go somewhere else. I don't think that's okay or fair for our children. Um, but my kids are stronger because of it, because we just dug deep in our faith. Um, we processed, processed it all together and they know now how to stand up for themselves. And, um, I think it's been the greatest gift, um, but that's just how I think how the world works. So we don't become stronger people through a life of easy. Um, we become stronger people through a life that is difficult. And that's just the American way is to overcome. And we're overcomers
1: over here. And and, and to dealing with reality mm-hmm. at yeah. the same time. So you decided as the mama bear, uh, with the support of your husband, who's a papa bear. So yes. take on the guy that set this up, that basically caused pain to your family and to run against him to get him out of office.
2: Yes, yeah, he is the, what I call the head of the snake in Dallas County. Um, mm-hmm. The county judge is not judicial. Um, it's judge in name only. It is the chief county executive. So it is the CEO of the county and the other members of the commissioner's courts, court in name only. Um, there's four districts. So it's five, a body of five, all have an equal vote, but the county judge is over emergency management and homeland security. So that's an exclusive power that lies under the judge that he can he or she can call for a local emergency. And so that's what he manipulated in order to defy the governor's um, orders. But truly, there should be no disagreement between the chief executive officer of the county, which is the county judge here in Texas, and the Texas governor. It is a, I guess you could call it a direct kind of reporting relationship there. There's no leadership structure in between those two positions. So he really preyed on um, the ignorance of, of the population here in Dallas County, pumped in additional fear, um, he, he essentially made people scared of a child's breath. Which is insane to me, insane, so,
1: so how is how is your uh, campaign going? are you are, you, are, are people seeing the, the, you know what clay what, what is clay's last name again Jenkins Jenkins are they seeing what Clay Jenkins was oppressive politics? Yes, yes, I mean, he crushed
2: our county, the economics, the shut downs the opening at 30% capacity 50% he asked service based businesses to open at a loss that's almost worse than being shut down that's almost worse than being shut down because at least you can manage you know well you just have rent and certain things to to deal with but when you're asking someone to open up at 30% capacity like a barbershop like mine or a restaurant that is i mean unbelievable He crushed the economy here. People feel it. They don't like how he handled the pandemic. Um, They don't like that he was on TV every day pumping fear. He is still pumping fear and only giving people two options to fight COVID. He's still claiming we're in an emergency. He still has us under emergency orders, but people aren't listening to him. So the most dangerous thing that's happened here is it's like the boy who cried wolf. He has become so ineffective that in the chance that something real comes down—not that COVID wasn't real—it's just that we are past an emergency. So the next emergency comes down, people aren't going to believe him. They're mm-hmm. not going to listen to him. He's completely ineffective.
1: So, so tell us, okay? So, so the jo- what does the job actually entail? I mean, when you when you talk about you know homeland security, but explain to the public how this works because my understanding is you have the governor, you have Governor Abbott, and then and then the next person down for, for the Dallas County is this position. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes,
2: that is accurate. And so the best way to describe the position because it's very large and and gets very nuanced in details. So the best way to describe it is you have a county that has 31 cities, approximately 2.7 million people. And you have county government that is the administrative arm of the state. So the job is to bring government, these policies, laws, and all these different statutes down to the people so that they can interact with it and have a voice on a quote, local level. And so the, the county government oversees, um, the commissioner's court and county judge, which is five people total, oversee all of the vital departments. So think about a, a CEO in a business, a mm-hmm. large company, you have different departments and department heads. So the department heads in the county, are either elected or appointed. So for example, an elected head of a department is the sheriff. right? Mm -hmm. Our sheriff is an elected position, but ultimately under the county. Um, You have public health. That is an appointed position. Um, We have a current guy here who I don't believe did a good job. But I can, as a county judge, just go in and fire a person. It takes three votes to hire out of the five or four votes out of the five to fire. So um, other departments are elections, the administration of the elections. You have 6,000 county employees approximately. So you have an IT, a human resources department, office of budget and evaluation, um, the county courts, sheriffs and jail uh, departments. And so the department heads will come to the commissioner's court during the budget time and ask for budget approvals. And the county commissioner's court and judge set the county tax rate and our hospital district tax rate which is our parkland hospital county hospital system
1: so lauren how long how long has has clay been in office
2: he has been there 12 years so i am unseating a pretty deep-seated incumbent it's a four-year term um he's never really had a strong competitor because you know like the national um movement happening here is that Uh, The conservative side, the Republicans have recently realized that all of the power is in local government, right? We need to focus on our national races for overarching policies, but where it's going to affect your life the most is on the local level. And historically, as a society, we just have not paid attention to it. So this is the first time he will have a hard competitor.
1: And how's how's the race going?
2: Oh, it's going so well. We are talking... citizens every day people are so tired on both sides i will tell you this is a partisan race but people are exhausted with the divisiveness and they just want to be heard and they want to feel represented not that we have to agree on everything there's that's impossible Mm -hmm. um, but they just want to know they'll be listened to and represented when needed and so i think that's where you know, we have a winning message and just a winning candidacy is because I truly am people look at me, sometimes they pinch me on the arm. And they're like, you're a real person. I mean, the polit- <laughs> the political spectrum to set the bar so low. Um, because I've, I finally figured out too through this process, people say no more career politicians, politicians, I'm like, what does that even mean? And
1: well, you know, it's interesting because we're hearing this from people who are getting involved with politics for the first mm-hmm. time. When they get out there and their message resonates with the public, mm-hmm. uh, what their the feedback is that, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe there there really should be term limits.
2: Oh, yeah, term limits would be great because I think what happens is politicians become a politician the day they factor their political career into their decision making because their decision making is solely for the representation of the people they were voted, not even voted in, because not everyone votes, not everyone will vote for me, but I am still bound to the entire constituency. So the second I or someone else would factor in my ability to run again or run for the next position or what have you, whatever political career move there is, you've gone wrong on both sides and you stay in long enough, you start to factor in your career, I think, by nature, unless you're an extremely disciplined person. Um, and so I think that's just where both parties have just gone off the rails. They for, they've forgotten what they're there for.
1: So ha- have, um, have they brought in anybody from Washington to support Clay? I mean, how, how, how threatening is your campaign? do you think?
2: Um, I think as of today, they're starting to take notice. Clay Jenkins has started to claim that I'm lying and my mailers. I just don't think (laughs) the greatest gift, I think, is being a woman sometimes and especially a mom is that we get a little underestimated, Mm -hmm. which I I think is a superpower. I take it as superpower. It's not even offensive to me. I'm like, I hope they underestimate me. That that gives me an edge. Um, And so I think that's happened. And I think he's starting to say, "Uh uh-oh. You know you're mailing what he calls lies which are facts into other people's mailboxes that's never happened before
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) you know because we have a you know a pretty liberal uh local media like in most metropolitan areas that just has a slanted story so they're trying to ice me out but you these days you cannot ice people out of the media there's so many ways to go around it and just knocking on doors i was knocking on doors this weekend And and based on the data, it says they were Democrats um, or independents, and they are all for someone like me, which is a real everyday person, just wants to represent the people, and is just tired. And we were all thought we were operating under the American principles, like this game. Mm -hmm. And someone at some point came in and changed the rules and didn't tell us. And we just want to go back to the true American game. And go back operating under this system that we thought we were in. That arguably
1: we are no longer. Have you debated him? Is he willing to debate
2: you? No. There's no way he's willing to debate me. He's barely even acknowledging that he has a has a race. He's running around going to the state fair this weekend. Going to a football game. And I'm over here working 15 hours a day knocking on doors. So,
1: Getting, that, highly getting, getting that face-to-face relationship with the constituents. And- yes,
2: I just had a very, very liberal minded person walk into my headquarters just right before this call. And she went into all the divisive things. And I just patiently looked at her because she's a, a mom, a grandmother too. And I just allowed her to have her opinions, whether I agreed with them or not, and just expressed my desire to have a government that works for us. And one that we can trust because to have trust eroded in our institutions is a really dangerous place to be as a society, regardless Mm -hmm. of politics. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, she walked out and she's like, sounds like you're going to do a good job. And it's possible to win people over um, who may not agree as long as you're willing to resist being, um, emotionally triggered by Mm. things you don't agree with Mm -hmm. and just hang in the conversation just a little bit longer because we don't hang in enough to find something in common she just cares about her community and I care about my community and our past might be different but we both care
1: so so how's the campaign going
2: I mean, we're I feel really confident we can win. I'm raising money. I never understood. I was always like, why do these campaigns cost so much money? Well, I found out. <laughs> and it's, it's marketing, right? If you've run any business or tried to, you know, get your show out, right? It's, you've got a, a product a message. And you want someone to take action. And mm-hmm. in this case, in an election, it's to vote. I'm the product. I have a message. And I need to get to as many people um, and message. If we all did what we were told to do the first time, it'd be all unicorns and rainbows. But people have to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again before they take action. And so I'm raising about $3 million, which is unheard of in a county race, um, because we, we have a hill to climb here. But we have raised a lot and we have ads running and mailers going out. We're just taking the message right to the people. So I feel confident. But. I sure could use donations. And we've had everything from a $2 donation to a $250,000 donation from a local business leader who owns a bunch of hotels who were, was adversely affected by these lockdowns and just wants to see Dallas County be restored to a economic, you know, stronghold that it's been for all these years.
1: So how do people find you, Lauren? Where, where, what's your website? How do people Yes, get- my
2: website is- Davis, it's my last name, D-A-V-I-S, Davis, the number four, dallas.com. So it's Davis, the number four, dallas.com. And it has my story, my media, how to donate, um, just everything you'd want to know about this race um, is there, Davis for Dallas.
1: So do you you have an events page up there so the people know where they can, you know, meet and greet you uh, or where you can meet and greet them at, at some event?
2: Yes. Yeah, my events are up. We try to update them as often as we can. I also have a really visible campaign headquarters um, that I'm here anytime just like that one voter who walked in. Um, And that's for any local people listening. That's um, Highway 75 and Park Lane right here in the heart of Dallas. Um, Very accessible and all that info is on the website too. But I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime they could just walk in and, and
1: say hello. Great. Lauren Davis, good luck to you. Okay. Mama Bear running for the Dallas County judge. That's great. That's great. Oh,
2: thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful for the platform and the opportunity to just for people to get to hear the message.
1: Well, good luck to you. You know, I'm, I'm certain that the, the Mama Bears out there and the Grandma Bears and the Papa Bears and the Grandpa Bears. Everybody's, you know, probably thinks this is a terrific story.
0: They're thank- my biggest supporters. Thank you, Christine. All right.